Warning, the content you are about to listen to is not, I repeat, not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. This podcast can contain crude humor, adult situations, strong language, and drug references. Sorry, Mom. Listener discretion. I repeat, listener discretion is advised. And also, any music that is played at at any point in time during the history of the bakery, I do not own. Point blank and period. Hope you all enjoy, and go fuck yourselves!
Well, alright, as you guys could tell there from the warning, we're back to normal, I guess. Um, last week's episode was 100% genuine. Uh, well, you know what I mean. Last week's, the last episode, um, episode 8, You Are Not Alone, was 100% genuine. I wasn't, you know, faking it or seeking any attention whatsoever. I was actually at the hospital, Upper Valley Medical Center, for my mental ill, my mental illness of depression, anxiety, and my anger. I hope that the episode, to those that had listened to it, did exactly what it was supposed to do, and that was supposed to help people. To help people, to help people understand that you know you got different paths to go down instead of taking your own life you got a whole life ahead of you and it's the perfect time to live it now now if you haven't if you haven't listened to the bakery before my name is Aaron Baker I am the host of the bakery podcast now today is a ground is a grab bag of topics that need to be discussed that have been you know that have been going on in the past week i don't have an album that i'm going to review i don't have a guest or anything like that but if you haven't already go and you have a facebook go on facebook go like the bakery podcast on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash the bakery podcast. Now, today's first topic, and I want to get this one out of the way. My favorite band, Kiss, is hanging it up and are going on the end of the road tour. It's their final tour ever. Three year tour. It'll end in 2022. Almost 50 years since KISS started. It'll be a year off. So the, the band will be 49 years old on this tour. Now, tickets came on sale, I believe, Thursday, which today is Friday, the 2nd of November. They came on sale yesterday. And I got to tell you, I understand that this is the end of the road tour, but holy fuck are the prices expensive. I was checking today because they're going to be in Columbus, Ohio in March. I checked today to see how much tickets were. For the fucking nosebleed seats, you know, the, everyone calls the cheap seats, 50 bucks for one fucking ticket to the show. One ticket. Now, that doesn't include what you would have to pay if you wanted to go VIP. For a VIP meet and greet, it's a grand. For the ultimate VIP experience, it is six, it is 75, it is six grand to meet the band, to hold Paul Stanley's guitar, to hold Gene's bass, to go stand up at Tommy Thayer's microphone, to go sit at Eric Singer's drum set. But $6,000? Seriously? 
Six grand? You're asking, like, I'm sorry. I love Kiss and everything. And I'm going to be the first person that's going to be there, you know, to tell them that they're wrong on something. Because I'm that kind of fan. I'm not some sheep that's like, oh, man, I love the band. Paul Stanley sounds so amazing. Man, I love the band. I love that Eric and Tommy are in the makeup. I love it all. I'm not going to be that fan that's just going to sit there and blow smoke up their ass. But six fucking grand? Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Who's going to be able to pay that money? Like, I'm so, I'm sorry. It's going to be all the fucking diehard fans that are actually going to have that money to spend. It's not going to be the, those fans that are like, oh, man, this is it. This is the last time I'm going to get to meet Kiss. And they're going to do it. They're going to go all out. Or a person that loves Kiss and has never seen them live like myself. And yeah, I want to go VIP. But it's just not realistic for six fucking grand. Ridiculous. Now, I can manage... I can manage the... I can manage the um, the price of the ticket, per se, which is fifty bucks. Fifty bucks is not that expensive for the for the rafter seats for the nosebleeds. That's a perfect price. But for a meet and greet to be a grand, fucking Alice Cooper's was two hundred dollars. Fucking Alice Cooper. $200. Come on, there's got to be something. I mean, I understand that this is the going home party. But don't try to fucking milk it. Don't try to fucking tell your fans basically, hey, fuck you. We're not going to, you know, we don't want to meet every single fucking fan. Because that's basically what Kiss is telling, telling their fans. We don't really want to meet you because we know you can't get this money. And that's pretty fucked up. Like, I'm not going to lie. That's pretty fucked up. And it pisses me off. Now, I'm not going to talk about ticket prices anymore. I'm done with that shit. This is how I feel KISS should do the end of the road tour. Ace already said he does not want to be... The opening act. I want it to be that way so bad because just imagine, you know, if I bought tickets now, paid 50 bucks, and I get Ace Frehley, I get Kiss, all in the same night. That would cross two, two people off my list of bands to see. Who knows? Maybe down the road, Ace will change his mind. I'm not Ace Frehley. So I can't really change the man's mind if, you know, even if I knew Ace, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell him to, you know, basically degrade himself. The guy can still play. I'm telling you that right now. The guy can still play. And if he wanted to put back on the Spaceman makeup, I'm pretty sure Tommy Thayer would have no fucking problem taking a back seat. And if there is a problem... Then we got a little bit of a dispute here because Ace Fraley was the first spaceman and to some people the only spaceman. Now I don't know how they're going to put Peter Chris 
on the tour. I don't know if he can still play. If he can even still sing. I'm pretty sure they would make him sing Beth. Maybe it'll be a duet with like Eric Singer. I don't know. That's up that's for Kiss. That's for Paul and Gene to decide. Because Paul and Gene run Kiss like a business. They don't want any bad seeds or bad apples. It's how it was in the 80s. And if your name is Vinnie Vincent, your hopes and wishes of being on this last tour, being a part of it, have been fucked. I might as well get into that transition right here, right now. So for those of you that aren't in the know or just don't pay attention, I guess, to what KISS does, um, right now, the KISS Cruise 8 is going down. And there was like a little pre-party before the cruise took off. And the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Vinny Vincent, got up with 4 by Fate and played guitar. Or so you would think, right? Right? After he's been hyping up, I play 8 hours a day. I have so much material from the last decade that I can't wait to share with all you folks. I love all my fans. But, let me call them out on this. I watched the video. I watched multiple videos on his performance. The motherfucker cannot play a lick of guitar anymore. He can't. He f- He's... Forgetting stuff, and you can obviously see the lead guitarist for from 4 by Fate. Show Vinny where he needs to put his hands and where he needs to play. And the motherfucker, Vinny Vincent, I, Mr. I play for 8 hours a day, didn't shred a lick of a lead guitar part. What the fuck kind of shit is that? That's like, that's like somebody... That's like somebody advertising that, you know, this cologne's going to get you all the ladies, but it gets you... Actually, no. I got to think of something better. I got it. This is like somebody telling you that this new new artist that they're listening to is the greatest fucking thing ever. And you listen to it, and you keep listening to it, and you're like, man, this is really, really bad. Or, for example... Here's another example. Say a video game company is hyping up their next release to be the biggest, the next big thing. (coughs) Destiny. But it turns into a pile of shit. (coughs) Destiny. That's exactly what Vinnie Vincent has done to all of his loyal fans. Whatever ones he has left after the whole spat. Um, with the rock and pot. That's another story for another day. Of course. But that's exactly what Vinnie Vincent has done to his... What loyal fans he has. And the fans that are blind and say, Oh man, he's going to be good at the Graceland show. He's going to shred and he's going to show all you motherfuckers. Let me tell you this right now. I was one of the people that wanted... Benny Vincent to come out there and fucking shred his little fingers off. 
to show the world, hey, he still got it. He still can play. But after this performance, I don't think he can play a lick of guitar. I don't think he can play a lick of guitar anymore. And if you've ever listened to the song Lick It Up by Kiss, and if you haven't, you might as well do it now that I'm telling you, go listen to the start of the song, and I'll, and I'll do it for you. The start of the song is... Dun 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 And Vinny played that the entire fucking video. He didn't play the lead guitar. He didn't play the solo part. Didn't do nothing. But everybody went fucking ape shit for it. Me and some of the other people on the other hands, we saw the smoke and mirrors. And that Vinny Vincent is a fucking sham. Is a fucking sham. So now let's transition to another fucking sham. So today, November 2nd, it's a Friday. WWE had their event, Crown Jewel, today. And I just got done watching it about maybe 25 to 30 minutes ago. Now, for, now, as anybody that knows me knows, I love profession. I love professional wrestling more than that. Uh, no, it's like third on my list of things that I enjoy. And let me tell you something. When I watch professional wrestling, I try to go into it with an open mind. But when my fucking fandom get slapped in when when the when my fandom is turned into a fucking joke to some, to the company or no here I'll say this if my fandom or intelligence of the wrestling business is insulted it pisses me off to no end and that's exactly what WWE did today now this is the main event of the sh- of the bakery podcast. And let me tell you. I came into the show. This show started at noon. And I was late. I was getting, you know, groceries and shit for the week. I came into this with an open mind. Now, I didn't watch the pre-show. I just wanted to get this card done and over with. I wanted to get the show done and over with. So, the show opens with with the return of the immortal Hulk Hogan. Now, I had been hearing rumors here and there that, you know, he's going to be back. But nobody knows when. This was the perfect time to bring him back perfect time actually no I'll take that back this was the least perfect time to bring Hogan back in my opinion Hogan should have been brought back as a special this is what he was used as he was used as a special attraction in in Saudi Arabia this is where this took place in Saudi Arabia 
too, you know, probably get those, you know, last second people. This was probably announced in Saudi Arabia that he was going to be on the show. But in my opinion, if I was the booker or the promoter of the WWE, I would have at least saved Hulk Hogan for Survivor Series. At least. Do it on a major event in the fucking states where Hulk Hogan is fucking glorified and is a fucking god. Don't don't bring him out as a special attraction in a foreign country where pretty much he would have been a heel if this was the 1980s where he got fucking big. All right? So the next match, so they had this thing called the um, the Crown Cup, okay, the world, the WWE World Cup. So we get this thing started with Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton, and I got to tell you, I'm glad that Rey Mysterio is back in the WWE. I'm ha- I'm glad, and I'm happy because he's where he belongs. I don't think he really fit in with. New Japan. I felt that he fit in with Lucha Underground, and I would. And I honestly wish he would have stayed, because right now I think WWE is in a nostalgia. It has a nostalgia problem. I love Rey Mysterio to death, like the next guy, but I think right now he is currently in this group of people that they brought back for nostalgia purposes. You know, this match, it really didn't have anything really going for it. Uh, Rey Mysterio ends up going over in this one. No no big deal. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Randy Orton, however, attacks, attacks Rey Mysterio. Pretty much, you know, setting up a storyline later down in the road. If he were to lose, it's because Randy Orton attacked him. So... And and throughout this entire show, they beat this Crown Cup to death. To fucking death. Up until the final round. All you heard was the winner of the winner of the Crown Cup. The winner of the Crown Cup. The winner of the Crown Cup. 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 And it's like, shut the fuck up. Damn. We get it. It's it's a fucking WWE Crown Cup. Got it. So the second match is Jeff Hardy versus The Miz. They they put on a fairly good match. I'll give them I'll give them that for what it's worth. And let me tell you guys, The Miz is the greatest heel of the modern era of the WWE. I wanted Jeff Hardy to go over, but The Miz needed this win to solidify his smug fucking attitude smug fucking attitude so you know this is the and here here's where i'm gonna have a problem they did the first round matches for the first four matches so that was the smackdown smackdown live side of the first round bracket so then we go to the Raw side, which had Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I said that. It's 2018, and Bobby Lashley is in the WWE again. So, 
Bobby Lashley actually got to fucking perform a fucking match. I've been watching, you know, off and on, and it seems like Bobby Lashley was just fucking jobbing since he got there. Like, I heard rumors that he was supposed to beat, he was supposed to beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, I think it was. But who knows? It'll. It's either I either heard it at SummerSlam or WrestleMania. Who knows at this point? Honestly. But they made Seth Rollins look like such a babyface. He was getting his ass kicked in this match. So Seth goes over. He hit the curb stomp. Advances to the semifinals. And this is where the crown cup shit just started. Just crown cup, crown cup, crown cup, crown cup, crown cup. Just started fucking getting drilled into people's fucking heads. And it's like, okay. You're obviously going to push the person that gets this crown cup because you're beating it like a dead horse. So here's Kurt Angle versus Dolph Ziggler. So the crowd at this point was pretty much kind of in that dead spot. They're like, no, I don't really I don't really care. Who fucking cares about this match kind of thing. And Kurt Angle got no fucking pop. Nothing. He got nothing. He got kind of like a lukewarm reaction. Like I don't I don't know who I'm supposed what I'm supposed to do. Kurt Angle. Who's that? You know, that kind of thing. Like who's Kurt Angle? So Dolph Ziggler wins this match. It was a real it was actually kind of a good match. They put on for for what it was worth. I wanted Angle to go over. I wanted to see Ray Ray Mysterio versus Kurt Angle for the Crown Cup. But we didn't get that. No big deal. So this is the match right here. This next match was a tag match. This was my pretty much throw this fucking match in the fucking dumpster and fucking light it on fire. The bar with the big show versus the new day. This match, I don't understand why it was on the fucking card. It wasn't for the tag titles. It wasn't for fucking nothing. And let me jump back to the Crown Cup stuff. They announced like all the accolades of the competitors, which I thought was fucking cool. To those people that fu- that might have forgot, you know, Rey Mysterio was a WWE champion, Royal Rumble winner, World Heavyweight champion. Etc., etc., etc. But this is the break in between the Crown Cup matches, and it sucked. It was like, it was like eating, like, it was like your friend recommending this restaurant. You go and eat there after all this fucking hype, and you're like, man, that restaurant really tasted like dog shit. This is a SmackDown Live match. Like, it should be on SmackDown Live. Not a special pay-per-view. Not a special network event. Throw, throw, like I said, throw this match away. This was trash. 
So now we get to Rey Mysterio versus The Miz. And let me tell you, this is where I kind of, I got, I you know, I digged into my seat a little bit and was really concentrated on this match. Um, I really like that, you know, I really like how this match flowed with Mysterio and Miz. What I didn't like, though, was the finish. Rey Mysterio hits the 619, goes up for the frog splash. Miz gets his knees up, 1 2 3, that's it. Go, Miz goes for the goes for the pin, 1 2 3, that's it. What? That was a weak ass finish. So I'm like, "Oh, great. Here we go. Here's where the sh- show's going to This is where the show's going to start to go downhill." Wrong. Wrong. So next we have, in what I think is the match of the fucking night. The match of the card. Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. And boy, did they put on a fucking clinic. Fucking clat. If you didn't watch their feud for the Intercontinental title over the summer, it is a Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler classic. Two of the best workers in the WWE today going head to head. I was on the edge of my seat. I was pretty much calling every single move, all that shit. But the finish sucked ass. The finish sucked ass. Drew McIntyre got involved Ugh. Drew McIntyre got involved in what was a perfect fucking match up to this point. Pretty much leads, you know, Ziggler to win this match with, I think it was a zigzag, another zigzag. I, I, the finish was a fart in church, in my opinion. It was a fart in church. But now we're going to go back. We're going to go to the WWE title match. In a match that you have seen probably six times up to this point. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Now here's a little backstory. Now there were two superstars that were scheduled to be on this show. That... Obviously, are not. And that being John Cena and Daniel Bryan. I don't know what the reasons were for the show. And honestly, I don't care. I I honestly don't. So this was a match that WWE, diehard WWE fans have seen already. Samoa Joe has gotten his ass kicked every single time. And the outcome was not any different. (sighs) So, AJ Styles goes over and is now the ninth longest reigning WWE champion. for, For what the match... For what the match was, it was it was okay. It was decent. 
but I've already seen Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Give AJ Styles something else to do. Or is SmackDown Live... Or does SmackDown Live not have that many good stars to be in that main event spot? If so, there's a problem on SmackDown Live. Just saying. And this is where the show takes a fucking turn for the fucking toilet. For the fucking toilet. So it's Braun... Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar. Winner becomes the Universal Championship. Now, it was supposed to be a triple threat match with Roman Reigns. Now, last week, Roman Reigns comes out and addresses the crowd as himself, as Joe. Nobody expects that. Nobody expects what's about to come out of his mouth. And he says that he has been living with leukemia. And the bad news is it's coming back. So he relinquishes the Universal title. So now it's Brock versus Braun for the Universal title at Crown Jewel. So here we are. It's the, it's the moment. It's who's going to be the Universal Champion. After this is all said and done, we get Baron Cor- Raw acting general manager Baron Corbin coming out. You know, he's looking at the title. You know, they're hyping this to be like the match of the fucking year, pretty much. And what is about to ensue is garbage. Garbage. Shit-filled garbage. So, both challengers come out. You know, Braun is obviously the fan favorite. But this dude cannot catch a fucking break in the fucking booking. And this is why I hate the WWE right now. Because they're booking Braun Strowman like a... Like a fucking per... Okay, he's... They're booking him like the typical babyface. Like, he's never gonna win the big one. Blah, 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 blah. What they should be doing is booking him as a fucking monster to where he can eat Brock Lesnar fucking for breakfast. But what do they do? They do this. They have Baron Corbin come in with the title. He holds it up, you know, shows it to both competitors, then proceeds to hold it up. They make it look like Baron Corbin's about to go back and sit down, and the motherfucker hits Braun Strowman in the back of the head with it. What? What? I'm sorry. I know that the Universal title is the ugliest belt in the WWE today. But for fuck's sake, nobody, and I repeat, nobody, that is a fan of the WWE today, besides probably three people, want to see... Brock Lesnar with that title. But what do we get, ladies and gentlemen? We get this. Braun Strowman kicks out of three fucking F5s. Then finally, the 1-2-3 comes down. Your winner and new Universal Champion, Mr. Part-Timer himself, I'll show up when I want to show up, Brock fucking Lesnar. Seriously?
Seriously. But let me tell you guys right now, the fucking clown show is not done yet. We got the final match of the WWE Crown Cup. The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. The Miz, before the match even starts, can't even get into the fucking ring. I can't even get into the ring. He's fucking injured. Can't. The match didn't even start. And he's fucking injured. So what happens? Shane McMahon, Mr. Ego himself, shows up. And it's like, nah, this isn't going down like this. I'm taking the spot of The Miz. And takes the match away from somebody who fucking deserves the fucking push. And Dolph Ziggler. And buries him. Why? Because his last name is fucking McMahon. I should have known from the start of this fucking tournament that it was going to be a fucking joke. Because the McMahons have such a fucking ego that they can't let one of their fucking employees win a fucking simple tournament. Dolph Ziggler is the fucking man. And I will scream it till he fucking praises. The dude... Bust his ass night in, night out. Just to have what? His fucking... His fucking push ripped right from under him? That's bullshit. Bullshit. And then we get the match. The last match of the night. We get... The Undertaker versus... The Undertaker, sorry, D-Generation X, a match that nobody thought that they would see. We get The Undertaker versus, Undertaker and Kane versus Shawn Michaels. And this is where I say WWE is on a nostalgia kick. They bring back D-Generation X. They bring back Shawn Michaels and Triple H, The Undertaker and Kane, for a special attraction match. DX versus the Brothers of Destruction, never before seen in a WWE ring. The match went too long. Too long for the age. There were three men in that match that were in their 50s, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, and Kane. And one who was right there, just right on the borderline at 49 in Triple H. Don't get me wrong. Shawn Michaels surprised me with how old he is and how athletic he still is. The dude performed a moon salt to the floor at age 50. And he looked like this looked like 1996 Shawn Michaels. But the match went far too long. And it started to show everyone's age after a while. I think this match should have went on for maybe 10 minutes. Not as long as it did. And I think the WWE is in a WCW booking philosophy. To where they're going to bring back all these, all these stars of yesteryear. 
and put them on top. While the people that have been there from day one and are busting their ass have to sit at home and watch as people, guys in their 50s wrestle a match. Not that I have a problem with it. Not that I have a problem with seeing Shawn Michaels and Triple H versus The Undertaker and Kane. I just have a realistic outlook to it. I wasn't expecting them to put on a fucking clinic, a fucking five-star match. I expected a match to be exactly what it was. A nostalgia match. It was tough to watch. It really it really was. It was tough to watch. When people think of Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Undertaker, and Kane, they think of them in their prime. They think of them. They think of Shawn Michaels in his in his prime in '96, Triple H in his prime in 2000, Undertaker in his prime, Kane in his prime. The twilight zone, the twilight of their careers has passed them by. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the truth. WWE Crown Jewel was a sad state of affairs. And the expectations for the hype were not met. Crown Jewel, in a matter of two moments, became Crown Stool. And that's exactly what it was. A steaming pile of crap. I hate to end the show on a negative note, but it is what it is. Next week, look forward to an album review of some kind. I don't know what it is yet, but this week's album of the week is Alice in Chains, Rainier Fog. And here is the song that has Chris DeGarmo on guitar. Here is Alice in Chains with drone have a good night well have a good weekend everybody and the bakery is now closed